content in this podcast reflects the personal experience of the guest only and is not intended nor should it be taken as medical claims or medical advice. Please consult a medical professional and be safe. Less is more. This is the Kratom Science Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Gallagher, blog and social media writer for KratomScience.com. Your source for all things Kratom. While serving in the Army, my guest injured her back on what began her chronic pain journey. She was later diagnosed with degenerative disc disease, osteoarthritis, fibromyalgia, IBS, and cervical stenosis. In 2017, she discovered Kratom, which she calls a huge blessing. This is Marcel Morphin, and this is her Kratom story. Okay, so where are you from? Um, I'm in Woodland, California. Okay. Currently. And you um, served in the Army. I did, yeah, yeah. I joined in, at, well, 2003 in the delayed entry program, and then I joined officially in uh, March of 2004. Where were you stationed? Oh, um, North Carolina, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Cool. That's where a lot of people go for their basic, right? Yeah, I was um, a finance specialist, uh-huh. so that's... Yeah, they have a main base in South Carolina for that, um, for the training for that uh, MOS. And so that's where I went initially for my training. And then I was stationed in North Carolina following that. And you had uh, a back injury, you said, while you were in the Army in uh, 2006. Was that the start of uh, some of your chronic pain issues? Oh, yeah, that was the original start of any chronic pain issues for me um yeah so uh in about october of 2006 i believe it was october 2nd to be exact but i I could be a little off on the exact date but uh it's pretty you know you remember things like that when you have when you get injured generally um and so yeah i was running and i just had a sharp pain shoot through my right leg um, from my low back, you know, we were running on pavement, which wasn't probably the best, but, you know, and um, so then that's when where it began. And I went to the um, medical, you know, the VA center there, not the VA center, I'm sorry, the Womack Army Medical Center. Um, and that's where, you know, I went through the process of trying to get help, essentially, you know, physical therapy, things like that. At this point, when you injured your back, is, was that when you were diagnosed with uh, degenerative disc disease? Correct. Okay. Yeah. They said that I had a bone spur and, and uh, some degenerative disc disease that they thought may be causing, you know, the continued pain, essentially, I guess. You said you were uh, also diagnosed with osteoarthritis? So I think that was in like 2012 um, that I was diagnosed with the osteoarthritis um, official diagnosis, you know. Is that a completely different condition or did this all come from your back injury? Um, It's all pretty much my my spine. It's pretty um, with that part of it. Yeah, Um, it's not caused my neck injury my neck injury my neck issue was not caused from the low back issue um the neck issue was that I was born unlucky I guess I'm five foot two and so people with shorter um statures I guess have um smaller necks generally so we're at a much greater risk for cervical stenosis that can lead to myelopathy which is spinal cord compression 
back in 2015, you were diagnosed with IBS, and then 2017, fibromyalgia. Um, yeah. What is... And what then is, also the, oh, go ahead. the cervical stenosis oh, was okay, also yeah. diagnosed in 2017 as well. This all sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> it was. I, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a bit much for me. <laughs> yeah. What is fibromyalgia like? I... I I always ask people that because it it seems to be part uh, mental and part physical pain. What is sure. Like? I mean, I think stress definitely can increase the pain of fibromyalgia. I I experienced that way too many times um, to deny that that it could be true. You know, it, it certainly is, and. Uh, yeah, fibromyalgia. I had so many odd symptoms. I have them somewhere, but I'm not going to go through the list. Um, and honestly, a majority of that was due to my neck and, and currently still is. I have a neurogenic bladder now, permanent damage to my mm -hmm. bladder, essentially, uh -huh. because yeah, the VA didn't want to do an MRI. So then, you know, that's what happens. You know, I waited three years. I shouldn't have, but or actually I waited from the time I started asking them, and I think it was 2013, they did x-rays and everything. But Yeah, this was for your um, neck issue. You wanted to get an MRI. Why, why did they deny you? You know, I don't know, honestly, other than monetary. And they thought I didn't know what I was talking about, I guess. I mean, it showed on my x-rays I had degenerative disc disease in my neck. You know, and it wasn't like... I don't believe it said mild. It might have said mild. I think it was mild to moderate. So they couldn't, you know, you can't see those things on an MR or an x-ray. I'm not trying yeah. to, you know, fault the VA at this point. I, I don't want to talk bad about any, about yeah. them specific. They've been really good to me um, mm -hmm. in the last few years. I've been very fortunate. Well, but prior cool. to that, yeah, they, they just didn't uh, want to listen, didn't think I knew my body. And unfortunately... I had an extremely strong gut instinct about it. And so, you know, there we are. <laughs> but <laughs> so it could have been yeah. a lot worse. I could have had a lot more permanent damage and I don't. So I'm very, very grateful for that. Okay. And so you must have been prescribed pain medication. Um, so wh what was that like for you? What was that experience? Gosh. So, well, since 2006, I had been prescribed off and on. Um, some okay. pain meds. I've never been great about taking medication anyway. I just have an aversion to, you know, especially pills. I don't know. I'm, I'm very, um, yeah, I, I just don't like synthetic stuff, I guess, honestly. And so I didn't keep getting prescriptions. I decided that, you know, I'd rather suffer mm. essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of, you know, I'm like, they probably would have cut me off anyway. And then where would I have been? Um, but I'm a little bit thankful that I didn't, you know, because then in 2016, they were taking a bunch of people off of them, you know, cold turkey and things yeah. like that. And I'm just, I don't know, that would have been a lot. <laughs> I mean, it already was a lot to deal with when I came across Kratom, you know, but because I was in a severe amount of pain, but. Yeah, um, it, it, you was your aversion maybe like were you afraid you were going to be addicted? And I mean, I know most people with chronic pain have a dependency, uh, which is a little no, different. You know that that's interesting. I didn't. Um, no, I wasn't worried about addiction at all. Mm -hmm. um, which is a little bit funny because I mean, 
well, not funny, but it's it's interesting because my parents were, in fact, alcoholics. I have a long line of um, that in my family. Mm-hmm. And I knew that it, I didn't have a problem with it, though, because I had drank in my younger years and never yeah. developed a problem. And so that was never it really didn't cross my mind um, in that regard. But, you know, and becoming dependent on something, you know, which is it's kind of, you know, interesting now because I'm fine with Kratom. I don't, you know, and I never felt super weird on pain meds. I was never one of those people that says, oh, it made me loopy. It made me kind of I I was in pain enough when I took them that they worked on my pain and didn't make me super out of it. You know, if that makes sense. So. When did you just when did you uh, first hear about Kratom or Kratom? Right. I know. I was like, Kratom, Kratom, potato, potato. I don't yeah. know. I know. Um, so I was um, searching for uh, just support and everything. And I, I was, it was in April of 2017. I was in a fibromyalgia support group where it was being discussed and talked about. And I was just at my wits end because I, I had become suicidal and was starting to plot and plan some mm. way to end my life, you know, and I had some ideas, um, unfortunately. And so um, I came across that and ordered some, got some, and it was not, didn't work for me. And so I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, seriously. But by this time, my pain had started to get just a little bit better to the point I didn't feel like, you know, I, I would probably have done anything at that point. But if I, you know, wasn't optimistic about, uh, you know, Kratom working, then I don't, I don't know what would happen. So anyway, I went and ordered some from a different uh, vendor that was, uh, I feel probably a little more reputable, but sometimes I know Kratom doesn't work for people, you know, Mm. just different brands won't work for this person, but then it'll work for another person. So, so the second time it worked and I was blown away. I was just ecstatic. I just remember I was crying, you know, because you just don't expect that. I mean, it brought my pain down to like a a two, probably when I had been at like an, you know, eight, nine, I don't want to be extreme, like 10, but I was getting there. And I thought, you know, I I just, you can't see an end in sight when you're in it a lot Mm -hmm. of times. And sometimes, you know, it could be weeks on end where you are just in a horrible pain flare you know what they like to call in the chronic pain community and you just don't know when it's going to end i think that uncertainty messes with people and then thinking i'm gonna have to go through this again and again and again you know so for sure kratom was huge i mean just life-changing honestly that's what we hear from so many people i i I, some people don't believe these stories i don't understand why you would tell this story if it wasn't true but right, um, yeah i understand though i mean to a certain extent some of why you know people are leery to want to believe uh you know because there are people who are addicted to st- stuff and they'll say oh this is the greatest thing ever and and then they'll end up with an addiction problem but you know i mean you have this chronic pain condition and you're going to need something to deal with it i mean a lot of people have the the opioids work for them i mean yeah and it's not that they didn't work for me when i was in pain yeah. and had taken them they did the the whole point is like the one time i went to go when i was my whole back was in spasm the doctor told me at the er and they were just 
you know, this was when all the stuff was starting. They were super weird about giving me anything. And I was just like, I don't care what you give me. Like, just give me something, please. They gave me Tramadol, which I'm not supposed to take ibuprofen. So I'm like, am I allowed to even take Tramadol? Okay. But, you know, it is what it is. I was fine. I was like something. And it did help. It, it definitely took the edge off and everything. But Yeah. Does Tramadol have ibuprofen in it? Or acetaminophen, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's like a really, it's a really strong, um, like ibuprofen. I believe in NSAIDs. Yeah, like a super strong NSAID. Which it, which it's actually those are like harder on your organs than straight yeah. up opiates are. My, so it's uh, kind of strange that they don't need, they even give you that. Why don't they just give you the opioid? <laughs> Yeah, because it was in the middle of the what they called the opioid crisis, yeah. which I'm like, that's, yeah, you know, I mean, but my doctor at the VA told me never to touch ibuprofen again. I guess, I think I have some scarring in my stomach and stuff, too, so it's oh, just, okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, I don't know if you know about the VA, but they are known for prescribing 800 milligram ibuprofen. Is that because of, like, so many veterans had, had and I guess have, uh, you know, addiction problems? I'm not sure about that. I think yeah. that's just always been their go-to. Initially, it was always ibuprofen, even for my ex-husband. And then he ended up in uh, ICU with a bleeding ulcer. Um, so he mm. couldn't take that anymore either. You know, it's it's not a good uh, drug whatsoever. But You take Kratom now. Do you have a doctor that you could talk to about your Kratom use? You know, I haven't talked to, like, one of my specific doctors. Um, when I got my uh, compensation and pension exam through the VA, I did let them know um, that I would be dead without Kratom. They said, you know, they saw how bad I was when I went in and they were just kind of like, oh my gosh. And the lady was like, I said, oh, this is not as bad as I, I can be, you know? And she was just like, what do you mean? I said, I take Kratom and without it, there's just no way, you know, I would probably even be at this appointment essentially like I you know I definitely you know my pain was extreme and the kratom it just brings it down but still you know it brings it down enough to where you don't want to hurt yourself and she was just fascinated she just was taking all these notes and like I'm gonna look into this and she was kind of upset I think because when I got out of the military I was medically discharged due to my low back they um mm -hmm. they gave me nothing they gave me 0%, but they did pay me out of separation pay. So, you know, I'm like, I'm not trying to be, and it was my fault. I was going through so much with my, my husband at the time that I, I had to take care of him too. He had a bunch of health stuff. Like I just didn't have the time to fight and I didn't have it in me at that point. It just, my low back wasn't bad enough. You know, now I think this is why I'm like fighting for Kratom too. It's like, it's not just about me though, because I know I have quite a few friends in the community and everything too, but it's. People need this. It's life-saving. Aren't they supposed to get, for a medical discharge, they're supposed to give you like a like a pension? Or am I wrong there? Well, no, I was, so I got separation pay, but I, the way that the doctor looked at it, and after doing research, and I have done quite a bit, you know, um, they should have at least given me 10%. Yeah. So they screwed up big time, and she saw that, and she was, and so I think that's, helped me to get approved a little bit because they saw basically, you know, the military kind of screwed me over a bit. Ah, <laughs> uh, that sucks. I hate every, every, everybody I talk to that's a veteran has been screwed in some way by the military. That sucks. <laughs> I don't know. They don't 
want to pay out. I get it. If they paid everybody, it wouldn't be. But like, at least do your job and do it appropriately. You know? yeah. So it's... How do you prepare it? Do you do a toss and wash or do you make a tea? No. So I just, I have a small like teacup and I just fill it with probably not even an inch of what maybe yeah, about an inch of water, I guess, probably and heat it for 30 seconds and put my teaspoon of Kratom in and stir it up. Usually I'll sometimes I'll wait to drink it, but a lot of times I'll just put a little ice in it, cool it off to room temperature, you know, cause your body absorbs things better at that at room temperature. And um, yeah, I'll drink it that way. And then I chase it with some water. I'll take a drink. And then especially if it's gritty, you know, I just, get it down usually in two gulps and chase it with some water and I'm, I'm good to go. <laughs> and how much, like what's uh, your average dose? Gosh, I think it's about 3.5 to four grams. If I had to guess maximum. Yeah. Um, mm. And I do that two to four times a day. It just depends on my pain. And also I don't work. Um, and so I'm not going to take something unnecessarily if I know I'm going to be sitting for hours and hours. A lot of times I have a recliner and I lay in it and put my heat pad on different things. So it's like, I'm not, I don't just rush to take my Kratom all the time. You know, I'm not like that at all with it. And so you've been taking it for five years. Has your dose ever gone up? Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. I did the Oliver Grunman study thing and then I realized I probably messed up. Initially, I did because, of course, I started with like quarter teaspoon, probably, mm -hmm. you know, and then so I did and I found my sweet spot to be a teaspoon. Um, so, yeah, I did. I messed with it, tweaked with it, but I was adamant I wasn't going to go over a teaspoon. And so, um, yeah, and I'm actually getting ready to take another break and I'm going to take a two week break. So um, from Kratom just to do like a reset, you know, so that'll be painful but it'll be all right i'll make it through it, it just seems like everybody that has success with it takes breaks and doesn't yeah. doesn't increase their dose while they're taking it and it's just a tolerance thing it's part of it's part of doing kratom and and because yeah. there's there's a there's a way to use kratom that's successful and then there's a way to use it where where you can abuse it and it'll at the very least if it doesn't hurt you uh and and you get weird side effects it's going to cost you a lot of money and and we don't we don't want to see that i we want to see people take as small a dose as they can and now i have my kratom so I'll, i get that well-being feeling and for sure i know people when they say euphoria it always makes me laugh because i'm like it doesn't mean like high euphoria. It just means a, like feeling good, you know, geez. It's just interesting to me how people try to twist things and make things negative, you know. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, it's almost, it's, I'm not saying it's like the same thing as coffee, but it's almost like coffee as in when you drink a good cup of like cappuccino, you're like, it makes you feel good. It's like, it, it has different effects, of course, but it's it's sort of like that. It's not getting high at all <laughs> yeah the way people act like you know like I, I don't know why people would want to be all out of it but i mean i guess that's an addiction thing and i i've definitely now i finally come around and being in the, the kratom community and just seeing the struggles of people i 
you know, I used to be kind of angry at, at people who had addiction issues. I'm not going to lie, you know, and not really, I understood that it wasn't fully their fault, but you know, at the same time, it was just, I just didn't have an understanding. And now I feel like I have such a much better understanding and um, yeah, this Kratom is saved a lot of people's lives that have drug addiction problems. So, and even opioid addiction or even dependence issues, people want to get away from that. They use Kratom to do it, but you're right. They have to be responsible. And that's a huge, huge part of it. So have you ever have any uh, weird side effects or anything like that with Kratom? From Kratom? Uh, Kratom? No. Or Kratom. No, never. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Has I, anyone else said that they have? I'm like, I, I don't know. I when I you know take my breaks, I get the runny nose, and of course, my body will hurt a lot, quite a bit more. Um, but yeah, I, I just get a runny nose pretty much, and that's the only thing I've ever had. I mean, maybe I'm just lucky, you know, because I know some people said they get restless leg syndrome or something like that. But is this with like uh, when you stop using? Is it like a withdrawal? Is the runny nose a withdrawal? symptom i think the runny nose is for me for sure okay. yeah and then i don't know the body aches could be partly that but i it honestly just feels like you know my fibros like coming full blown <laughs> on you know basically so and and before no i mean i really do think it's is my fibro honestly and in the back pain and stuff you know just not being as controlled with the kratom is why i hurt Mm. That that's my opinion. I don't know with absolute certainty if you know a little of the aches may come from that. I'm not going to say that I know 100. percent You know, so do you use? Um, you're in California, so uh, marijuana is totally legal there. Um, do you yes. use that at all? I saw you post on I Twitter do. about some of that. I, I do. Yeah. I mean, I I just don't post as much. I mean, you know, we led the way in '95 for all that. You know, the yeah. legalization and stuff, and then. Yep. Um, the gentleman who has the oh gosh what is it the pharmacopia hamilton or no the other guy you i think you interviewed recently uh, oh uh ethan nadelman yes he, yeah. yes he helped get it passed right yeah i think oh, i learned yeah, that from yeah. your show <laughs> yeah he so. was a big guy in the uh in marijuana reform uh stuff and yeah psychoactive is his podcast that's what it, i'm mm. sorry yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but Hamilton um, has a great podcast too though yeah yeah no they they do really yeah does the does the weed help with pain at all you know what um so the edibles do yeah um but see my problem with that also is I have to take them consistently like every single day mm-hmm. basically <clears throat> and if I skip like three to four days I notice it's it's almost like it has to build up in my system too because it'll take three to four days for me to start feeling pain relief from edibles and I'll hmm. generally take them at night before I go to bed and I yeah. don't take my kratom generally when I do that. Um, yeah, the edibles, not the... Um, but smoking it for me can increase my pain. So I... It yeah. increases it, okay. Mm-hmm, and I don't know if that's a fibromyalgia thing or any, you know, I'm not really sure, or maybe it's a brain thing for me, I don't I don't know, I know some people yeah. say it helps them, so it's very individual, just like Kratom can be, it doesn't always work for everybody, you know, and so. Of course, like, we, like, changes your brain, so it might be, it might have you focusing on the pain more, I want, do you think that might be it? 
Yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah. I mean, that's possible. I don't feel like I'm focused on it more when I, you know, um, have smoked, but it's it's very possible because I, well, I used to have a lot of stomach issues because of the IBS and everything too. And I still have quite a bit of the way issues, but so I would smoke that for nausea, okay. you know, but I have to like three hits is it. Like I can't go above that or my back will start to hurt. Kind wow. of a thing. Huh. Like it'll start the aching and everything will start to come on. And then my whole body. Yeah. It's interesting. It's just, I just don't know why, but, but so I'll smoke a little before dinner a lot of times because I just can't. I just don't have the appetite and I'm, I haven't taken my Kratom right before dinner or anything. It's not like, you know, cause that can suppress your appetite. So, but yeah, I don't know what it is, but yeah. So I'll, I use that for that. I've used it for anxiety and it's been a tremendous help, you know, the smoking and now I'm, I'm trying to stay away from that more anyway. You know, it's, it's just it plus the expense and everything, you know? And mm-hmm. so I'm trying to adjust the edibles and then, yeah, I do take the kratom as well, but I don't generally take them together, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting how complex these things, because our metabolisms are all slightly different, uh, especially yeah. with, especially the kratom, like the alkaloid profiles are, are different. It's different in fresh leaf than dried, and, and it affects yeah. different <laughs> metabolisms in different ways, and it's it's just kind of an interesting thing. I think... Do you think maybe, you know, we should have uh, the profile? Because when you get weed, you get a whole list of the cannabinoids and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you think maybe uh-huh. like the some of the... Do you think there should be an alkaloid profile if that that should be a, a regulation? Because it would be nice, like, once we get an alkaloid profile, people will be able to... Because some people buy the high THC weed. Some people buy half yeah. THC, half CBD. No, I think that would be an amazing, amazing thing. And that's a great idea. I know I was only focused uh, mostly on mitragynine and 7-hydroxymitragynine because those are the two alkaloids that the scientists have said are most, could be most problematic potentially um, if they're increased, you know, percentages or whatnot. So that would be awesome. I think that would be great to tie into the regulations for sure because we, we have to do something, you know, this is... It, we we should know those things. You're 100% correct. And I mean, like with THC, they, so you have to know enough about all that. I'm not, you know, great with marijuana either. I know some things and I've done a lot of research, but I know higher THC doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get more high or anything like that. You have to look at the CBD to the mm-hmm. THC and there's just all this stuff you have to consider. So it's kind of in, you know, it's the science. It's pretty cool, yeah. but and there, there was a study recently that came out that is showing. I mean, when I talked to Dr. McCurdy, he was like, "Yeah, that seven hydroxy is the one that's that you got to watch because it's not present in the leaves, in the fresh leaves. So they have less reports of like weird side effects or like none basically over in Malaysia. But here we get because it's oxidized uh, yeah. when it's dried out. Here we get." But it's usually in like very heavy users. They're like, oh, you know, they get these. My hair's falling out. That has. Have you ever gotten? Yeah, any, you've gotten no weird like. side effects like that, have you? No. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Sorry, that I don't one, mean to laugh. It's not not funny at yeah. all. Um, but <laughs> and oftentimes something that was pointed out in one of my groups recently too on Facebook is that 
we're all getting older. I'm 46. Like if my hair starts falling out, I'm going to figure it's probably my change. You know, I'm going through menopause or whatever. Like I'm not the first thing I'm not going to look at. It's not going to, it's not going to be Kratom. It's just not, you know, not after five years of use. Yeah. It doesn't make with, any sense. I mean, with, just start pausing that. I mean, that's yeah. just my, you know, opinion. I'm not a medical researcher or anything like that, but. Yeah, with with the doses you're taking, it it just seems to be like, you know, somebody will go on Reddit and say my hair's falling out, and they'll somebody will be like, well, how much do you take a day? Oh, forty grams a day, fifty grams. Oh like, my gosh! You know, no wonder. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even understand how people can ingest that much. I'm not. Oh, I guess I would be shot. sick. <gasps> right that's where i'm just like what are they but the, a lot of them are probably recovering off of harder drugs like maybe yeah. heroin something like that that's all i can figure because that's just an, that's a crazy amount yeah you also talked about the issue with um you know once they started cutting people off in 2016 you put that chart up on uh twitter that you know, this is what I'm afraid of if Kratom gets banned, because I know people in pain are going to need something, and we're, we're having such a hard time. They're having a hard time getting anything prescribed by the doctor, but as yeah. 2016, you can trace that chart, the overdoses started skyrocketing on, on uh, you know, illegal uh, fentanyl. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous yeah. that they've tried to blame opioids to the degree that they have, honestly, like prescription opioids specifically, um, mm. you know, because in all reality, it's they were pressing pills that looked like they might have been legit prescription pills, but they were not. They were fentanyl. Um, you mm. know what I mean? And so that's what caused a lot of this mess to begin with is the, it is the illicit fentanyl that's killing people above and beyond prescription opioids. So I'm not saying prescription opioids don't kill people or haven't. I'm just, you know, after looking at the data over the last four to five years, it's, you know, I keep coming back and I'm like, no, I just can't get on board with, with what they're saying, you know, and trying to ban, you know, basically opioid prescribing with the prop and all that. It's just not, yeah, it's, it's, it's harming people and Kratom's a harm reduction tool and it's amazing. <laughs> I did have Claudia Mirandi on and we talked about that whole issue. She's pretty cool. So is there anything going on uh, in California or maybe your city or county um, with uh, the Kratom laws? We have, you know, there's some people in California that want to see it banned and everything, but there's nothing. So what happened was they put, they're putting through a, a bill, let some legislation about psychedelics. And, um, we were hoping to get Kratom added to that, but it didn't, it didn't work out. They didn't want to, um, or they weren't able to, I'm not, I think it was really, um, they're unable to at this time is, is the phrasing that was given in the email mm -hmm. um, regarding that, you know, uh, adding the KCPA to this um, psychedelics legislation. Um, we were, you know, trying to do that because it does have some warning about hallucinogens that was a little uh, concerning. And if they tried to go and say Kratom is a hallucinogen and put it in that category, we were afraid because it's like four to seven ounces. You can have maximum of the substance so that oh, okay. was just like that's not a change if, if they're looking to 
put crime as a hallucinogen, which makes no sense to me, to be honest, because I don't know what they're talking about. You know, I maybe if you have some severe mental health issues, which I've had pretty significant mental health issues, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's never made me, you know, do or act crazy or anything like that. Yeah, it's definitely not a hallucination. I've seen that a lot, and one of the uh, claims that it was a hallucination, they cited Dr. McCurdy uh, in an early study he did, but it, the study was about, quote-unquote, legal highs in general, and it had salvia divinorum on it, which oh, is certainly yeah. a hallucination. But that's what they referred to as Kratom is a hallucination. It was a complete mistake. It should have been caught in peer review, but it, it and then it just kind of like took off. Like there's, you know, uh, yeah, rehab center yeah, guys are saying it and blah, blah, blah. I think that people maybe have reported that, but who knows what else they were taking with it or, you know, it's just, we don't know enough. So it's like, really? I know. I mean, for me, pure unadulterated kratom that's not increased with the percentage of, you know, seven hydroxymitrogynin. No, it, it doesn't do anything like that. You know, mm. not even close. It's just... Yeah, even with the seven hydroxy, it's just a higher uh, opioid kind of effect. Right, it's It's not necessarily hallucinogenic. It doesn't work that way. I mean, but yeah, that's... that's... So, I mean, yeah, me and Dion, she was working on that. She really is the one who, from like January of 2021, started. She was doing it on her own, and she tries to give me credit. And I'm like, you know what? You did most of it. I'm not, you know, I'm comfortable taking a lot of credit for that but she was busting her butt and just yeah i don't know what it is right now maybe they just want to focus on you know stuff they think's therapeutic but little do they know kratom can be therapeutic too i mean you know uh so anyway i I know that that's in the the research and everything too so hopefully eventually we can get them on board here in california yeah, yeah, that's good. And you got a lot of good activists out there. You got Cammie Davis. Oh, she Cammie's probably about 40 minutes from me, and Dion is in Sac- Sacramento. Yeah. She's like 25 minutes, depending on traffic, of course, because our traffic is horrible out here. But yeah, we have not trying to put anybody on blast or anything as far as California goes, but we've really um, not had much response here for having, you know, all the congressional districts, we have over 50 and I believe there's one or two that doesn't even have a representative, which isn't supposed to be legal, but anyway. Um, But yeah, we have so many districts and yet the volunteer level, we maybe have had 10 volunteers and they, most of them fall by the wayside. They're not advocating. They're not really doing much of anything. We might have two or three outside Cammy, myself, Dion um, that are doing like actively seem to care and are doing stuff. So it's, it's crazy to me, this huge state and really nobody cares or wants to get involved, but I do understand that some people can't, they don't want an association from their job or whatever, because what the FBI is pushing, people are buying it. They believe it. They trust all, you know, all that stuff, unfortunately. And so not seeing that there's um, conflict of interest with pharmaceuticals and the money they receive from those pharmaceuticals, et cetera. You know, I don't want to get into too much of that, but. Have you ever tried uh, the psychedelics and have they helped? Um, I've tried microdosing. Yeah. And um, yes, it has helped. 
does that is it like a depression anxiety thing that helps with yeah Yeah, for sure it just helped to lift my mood even more like because i still you know even with problem it does help my depression anxiety but i still was struggling pretty severely with it and um so yeah I, i tried microdosing and i didn't do it for very long. I wasn't like some people do it three months or I don't know. There's different ways of doing it, but Mm -hmm. mine was just a short stint. And I mean, I was feeling a lot better for weeks afterwards, for sure. Do you find uh, that there's a difference with uh, if you take one strain or another strain? With the kratom? Yeah, yeah. I do. And I know they say they're not different, yada, yada, but... um, the reds do make me mellow, relaxed, a little, maybe a little more tired. If I'm, if I've taken a whole teaspoon of red, which I don't generally, I mix them. So mm-hmm. I mix green and white and red because I don't want to be, especially if I was just doing the red when I first started out and it's just like, why am I so tired? You know, I do feel kind of tired, not horribly. Like I couldn't drive tired, just like, yeah. Huh. You know, and then I drink a little coffee and be like, oh, I feel better. And then I realize, wait, the white is good for energy. So, you know, maybe just add a little bit of that in and it'll, and, you know, and that's so, yeah. Um, I do notice a green was great for mood. And when I, I used to only take red and green, and um, I do notice a difference. So it, it is kind of fascinating to me that, that we're told there is no difference and they're all the same tree type thing. I'm just like, I don't. I don't know. Maybe I haven't done enough research on that aspect of it yet, but I, I've seen quite a bit and it's just, uh, it's a lot to digest though. There's so much stuff out there on it, but yeah, it's, I think it's a lot of like, uh, the alkaloid profile might yeah, be, might be different. Be. Um, it's not necessarily like a, str- I guess strain's the wrong word, uh, but it's kind of like the slang term everybody uses. We use it on our website, and it, I think it depending yeah. on the time of year it's harvested, depending on you know how long the trees have been growing, the alkaloids, and how long it's dried yeah. for and stuff, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have any kratom plants? Do you grow it? <laughs> that's so funny um actually dion gave me a plant cool. a couple months back awesome and so i do have one and it's doing pretty good um yeah and i plan to get more we yeah I, we may be moving eventually here and stuff so i'm, I'm just trying to think it through and um i want to get a, like nice greenhouse but i don't know if I don't know if putting them outside is going to be a good idea because they're it's in the house right now. So yeah, for the for the winter, um, yeah. I have one too here in Pittsburgh, and it's not it's yeah I would, that thing is not going outside until like July here. <laughs> right. It's yeah. not even as good as it's not Southern California. <laughs> does it get well? Does it get below zero there? It, it actually we? is going to get below zero in a couple days oh here at night. No, I mean I'm in. Northern California, more central Northern oh, okay. California. It's a lot colder up here compared to where my husband's family is in Southern California. And yeah, it's it's definitely a lot warmer down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been to San Francisco and it's, yeah, it was, it was a little chilly when the fog came in. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, San Francisco is always, the Bay Area is pretty chilly for, you know, a good part of the year. It's, yeah. 
That's cool. Has it has it grown a lot? Because I saw in Shade. He's actually a producer for Hamilton's Pharmacopia, but he also has a Kratom company, and he's in West Virginia. They're growing in a greenhouse, and he, nice. he brought me a cutting, It, but it's never grown. It's nice and healthy and vibrant. I finally got some proper grow, grow lights on it, but it's never produced. Th- does yours, like, produce a lot of leaves? And um, It has quite a few leaves on it right now, yeah. but I... I don't know. I haven't been doing much with it because it is winter and I know they can go dormant. Yeah, but... that's probably what's so going I, on. I, yeah, I haven't been messing with it. Dion did give me like a bunch of different leaves of like, I think Hiritsu. I don't know if that's how you say it, but and then, some of the and then to try, you know, fresh leaves or whatnot. So oh, that, that's was, cool. that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I and did, it did feel like I got a benefit for sure. So I'm like, this is okay. Yeah, well, he 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 brought me a bunch of fresh leaves along with the plant and we we recorded a podcast episode where we chewed them and I was like, it's kind of like, you know, just picking a random leaf off a tree and chewing it. It's not going to taste right? that good. But it, but it, yeah. it didn't have an effect though. It was it was interesting. Uh-huh. And and they say, I mean, if if they had cuz they're working on, I know at University of Florida, they're working on like a domestic Kratom production like large scale where they can control for the alkaloids so eventually we're gonna have that it's probably gonna take about 10 years or something but but uh would you if you had the option to do fresh leaf like given the fact that there's probably about like literally no 7-hydroxy in the fresh leaf because it's not oxidized yet would you try that instead of the dried leaf oh yeah Yeah. oh yeah i definitely would do that if yeah if it gave me too the pain relief heck yeah I'm, I don't know heart you know like yeah. I, I'm not looking I don't care about you know like having what the alkaloids are specifically really I just want to get the benefits that I've gotten from it you know and that's the goal <laughs> just in general like where do you think the kratom movement needs to go next to effectively keep this stuff legal and have good regulations like what what maybe is like the problems like the roadblocks uh we're facing and maybe what we're doing wrong and what or what what could we do better yeah i i definitely think uh directions for use would be nice to have um i know that there are I think at least a couple companies that do that. I don't want to mention because I I don't want to seem like I'm supporting any one company, you know, Um, but um, I do think having, like you said, the alkaloid profile and the percentages at a minimum, you know, the seven hydroxy mitragyne that needs to be under 2%. You know, I just, I, I have a bad feeling in my, I, don't want to sound all wooey or anything, but my gut feelings are very rarely wrong. Um, that that is our biggest problem. That's why, you know, people are having more problems with withdrawing from certain um, certain products. You know, by mm-hmm. certain vendors. I mean, I don't know the intentionality of it or whatever. If it's intentional, I would assume it is um, because they want people to keep coming back for their products, some of them, you know? And so that's where definitely we need the stricter regulation where we can, um, you know, have directions for use and make sure that the alkaloids, I mean, I know we need more research, of course, into all the other alkaloids as well, but the ones that we know can possibly, 
lead, you know, potentially be addictive need to not, you know, be increased. And that needs to be like, they need to be able to be prosecuted for that, in my opinion. I'm not playing around with this anymore. I'm really so sick and tired of, I can only imagine people that have been in this fight for since 2014 or what, even before that, I know the FDA was, was causing some issues and, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to get into uh, potentially banning way back when too. But yeah, so those are some of the things I think we need to start with like now, AKA needs to not support, vendors who don't want to abide by those essentially drop them from your GMP certification. I don't care if they're GMP certified or not. You do not add those alkaloids in higher concentrations. It's a bad idea. It's why we're running into the problems we are partially, and I'm sure adulterated possibly too, as we know, you know, with the, uh, the thing in Sweden that went down and happened. So it's Mm -hmm. just, and that's why I'm like, I do not want black market Kratom. Are you kidding me? You think people are dying now? (laughs) You know, I know we have probably 20 million plus users. There's no doubt in my mind. We have a lot more because not everybody comes out and says that they're taking it. People are worried. Other people are going to think and all that kind of stuff or their employer or different, you know, because of the lies the FDA has purported, essentially. (laughs) Sorry, I get a little passionate about that. No, that's good. That's good. (laughs) Thank you, Marcel Morphin. So far, we don't advertise or ask for donations, but we do ask you to share this podcast on your social media. Like and subscribe, rate, review, comment. That'll help us out. The music is Risey. The song is called Memories of Thailand. The Kratom Science Podcast is written and produced by me, Brian Gallagher, for KratomScience.com. Take care. <laughs>